Welcome to season two of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful, fresh, out-of-the-box perspective. Every episode includes burning questions, spicy conversations, and tips to happiness. Are you ready for an amazing act two? Then join me on today's episode. It's time to get your new beginning started. Can you believe it's already the last Wednesday in February? I know, you and I, we have been busy this month talking about Three's Company mm, and, you know, breaking up with dating and hearts and parts. That was a spicy chat with my guest, Frank. It has been such a playful, fun month, and I hope that you have been loving it as much as I have. Well, one thing that I love to talk about is... The Red Room. Yes, The Red Room. You heard about it at the top of the show. It is a spicy, safe space for like-minded women to have honest conversations about sex and sexual desires and curiosity around sexual experiences and feeling more comfortable and confident in the bedroom. It's a space where you, my girlfriend, get to color outside of the lines and be part of a unique community while doing so. It is way more delicious than a book club, I promise. So treat yourself and visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about the Red Room experience. Tell your girlfriends all about it. The spicy fun starts on Wednesday, March 16th, and we're gonna meet every third Wednesday of the month from March through August. I know, I have a feeling that you're gonna love it. Love. There are so many layers to that one word and also just so many definitions. I mean, the Greeks alone have seven words for love. Whoa. And look at how pop culture depicts love. I mean, look at all of the dating shows that are on TV now to quote, help people find love. Or maybe it's to find more Instagram followers. I don't know, I'm not judging. It's just an observation. Well, since my divorce, love is something I have thought a lot about. How about you? What does love look like for you now in your act two? And how do you wanna experience love again in relationships? What does love really mean after divorce? I mean, these are questions I have thought a lot about. And so has my guest, expert divorce coach, Maxine Clancy. And she's gonna talk today about her own journey with love after not one divorce, but two divorces. Maxine is a returning guest on the podcast. You might remember her episode back from season one called Bury the Hatchet in Bloom. It was episode 11. I highly recommend you listen. And it was focusing on, you know, letting go of the anger and focusing more on yourself so that you can grow and blossom into your beautiful life after divorce. You're going to love her energy. You're going to love her accent. You're also going to love her wisdom and her transparency. And speaking of transparency, okay, I'm going to admit, I taped this episode with Maxine seen this conversation back in November of last year, and I was planning to drop it in December, but it just didn't feel right at the time. It just didn't. And to quote me some 80s Phil Collins, you know, you can't hurry love. Sometimes you just have to wait. I know I'm feeling kind of giddy this last Wednesday in February. 
So I, I waited un- until this Wednesday. It felt like the right time, the last Wednesday in February to talk about love 2.0 and what love can look like after divorce. So let's get this lovely conversation started with some burning questions. Burning questions. Let's turn up the heat for 60 seconds. I am so happy to have my friend from across the pond, relationship and divorce coach, Maxine Clancy. How are you today? I'm on fire. On fire. She is ready for her burning questions, listener. All right, we're going to jump right in 60 seconds, and these are tailored just for you. What type of accent do you find sexy? Oh, American. (laughs) On a scale of one to 10, how much do you enjoy drinking tea? Oh, I love it. Definitely a 10. What is something you commit to every day? Meditation. Are you a disco ball? Yes, definitely. I glitter all the time. How do you like to play? Fast and furious. (laughs) What's the one thing you wish you knew 20 years ago? That I could have been Ellen Pompeo in Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) Do you think... (laughs) Do you think being in love is just a chemical reaction? Uh, nope. What is one thing Americans assume about Brits that's not true? That we always stand in line. What makes you feel delicious? Um, dancing naked in the street. <laughs> <laughs> being divorced has taught you. That you only have one life and you got to go for it and live your best life. What is something you do that always satisfies you? Um, Have a cup of tea. (laughs) What do you do that embarrasses your kids? Oh, I just don't know anything about music. I'm terrible. How do you define love? Um, It's it's an experience. It's, it's something that happens in your body. It's a, it is a chemical reaction. I think love is everywhere and inside of us. And it's our true source, our true nature. Beautiful. So fantastic. So delicious. Love the burning question answers. And I knew I would because you are such a wise lady. And if you remember in our conversation when we had our earlier episode, which was Bury the Hatchet and Bloom, which is episode 11 to the listener who wants to check it out, you and I talked about your two previous marriages and your learnings from each of them. And then you shared how in your current relationship, it's just so much different. And so that made me really curious to learn from you what's different, which came, you know, came up with this love 2.0, like what is different about love this time? And I know that we both agree that divorce has transformed us, right? You feel transformed from divorce. I feel transformed. So I refer to myself as Sadie 2.0, you know, I'm the transformed version of Mm. myself post-divorce. And so I'm just so curious about how love is now 2.0 for you. So how would you describe love now? after your divorces and this current relationship, what's different? Um, so yeah, yeah. what's different is I, I really do believe like love is our source nature. Yeah, that's, it's who we are. Love is in us. And I think in the past, I used to think that love was something outside of me that I had to go and get. So, you know, I had to be X, Y, Z in order to be loved. And I felt that my value was determined by my partners. And the difference now is I know that I am, like I am love. I I can be love and I can bring love to anything or anyone. And it's up to me to be loving. And I'm not looking outside of myself to sort of have that 
love fulfilled. It's it's my job to love myself first and foremost. And if I'm valuing myself and loving myself, that changes the dynamic in my relationship. So I'm not I'm not going to get the, trying to get the love from my partner. Of course, we bring love and we create love together. So I think my whole perspective around love is different to how it used to be. And therefore it creates um, the space for, for um, maybe a more authentic or a more genuine or a more unconditional love to evolve. And how did you get to that place to have that evolution? What, what was the process for you? Um, because I don't think you just rolled out of yeah. bed one day and said, well, you know, love is everywhere and I am love. And I, yeah, you know, that's no. a process. Can you share more about that? So I think the process of divorce was painful and pain is what cracks our hearts open. And it caused me to look at myself and say, okay, well, where am I responsible? Because if you've been divorced once, you might, might not ask that question. If you divorce once, you might say, look what they did to me. Look what happened to me. This is terrible. And if you don't do any work, which I'm not saying, I did do some work on myself, but I, I don't think I really fully understood how I was being a bit of a victim in my marriage and right. in my relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I think the process of really taking responsibility and saying, okay, how was I showing up in ways that devalued me? How was I showing some, up in ways? Can you share ways- some of that for the listener? Just maybe yeah. they can connect with that. So, you know, what a typical thing that would happen is my partner would say, um, you know, I want to do this. I don't know. I want to go watch the rugby. And I would go along with it rather than just say, do you know what? That's just not my thing. I want to spend the day uh, writing a book or going to an art class. Now I don't do that. I'm going to the rugby. Now I'm, you know, writing my book, going to an art class. I'm doing the things that fill me up and not expecting my partner to fill me up. So, you know, it's about taking responsibility for my own joy and my own happiness. And whatever they bring to the table is an added bonus. Yeah. Of course, I'm not going to be in relationship with someone that doesn't appreciate me or doesn't value oh, me. Oh, sure. And you must have some um, commonalities that you both enjoy together. You're not yeah. just always yeah, going we, to art class and he's just always going to rugby and yeah. you're doing your yeah, separate things exactly. all the time. Right, right. So my partner loves sailing. He's got his, he's got a boat and I love sailing. I don't love sailing as much as him. And it's okay for me to say, you go sailing this weekend with your buddies. I, I'm chilling out doing my thing. In the past, I would have felt compelled to have to go along with things in order to keep the peace, in order to be loved, in order to, you know, avoid the conflict. And I think that part of really, you know, love, unconditional love for yourself and others, is just being more honest and real and authentic. And often we're afraid to speak up because we're afraid of the conflict. We're afraid of the difficult conversations. So I think that's where it's different. And it did take a lot of practice for you to get to that place of comfort to just say, hey, you know, this is what I'm needing and you can do what you need to do and everything's okay and we still love each other all as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because so, so I think depending on your backgrounds and I came from quite a background where, you know, if there was conflict, it usually meant that one person loses. <laughs> and if there's conflict that it, it might mean, mean the end of the relationship. So I learned in my early, my first, certainly my first marriage, avoid conflict at all costs because it could be the end of something as opposed to, and I'm not saying everybody's got that challenge. Everybody comes to relationships with their own challenges And really, it's about learning to, as you said, you know, understand what we need and being able to communicate with that partner and not thinking that our value or our worthiness to be loved is 
any different just because we have those needs. I know in Western society, we often get this message that you have to be so independent and that you shouldn't have needs. But how do you feel Love 2.0 is connected to having needs? Right. Great question. I love that question. I think there's a very big difference between being codependent, needy, neediness and authentic, healthy needs. Like we need to be connected. We need to feel um, that our partner cares for us. We need we need love. We need hugs. We need affection. We all need you know words of approval or praise. And there's a difference between needing your partner to praise you or say you look like you know if your partner generally goes wow you look beautiful today and that touches your soul. But needing them to say you look beautiful in order to fill yourself up and make yourself feel better about yourself is a completely different thing. And so there's a difference between that healthy need for just, you know, our humanness and the codependency type needs where you're using it to boost and make yourself feel better about yourself when really there's a gap. So I think, you know, and I, 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 you know, you're right. People can make it look like our needs are invalid. We're actually, we're human. We actually do need human interaction and human touch and all that sort of thing. Right. I think one thing that I'm learning through my transformation around love is that it's okay to articulate what I need without me being needy. Yeah. And also the other side of that is, is it's okay to articulate what you need. And it's also okay for the other person if they say, I can't help you with that. Exactly. Or I can't meet that need with right. you right now. That right. doesn't make them a bad person. And the, and it's also about saying, well, what can we do to support each other to help those needs, you know, get met? What makes our society so infatuated around romantic love? Because I think romantic love is different than what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Rom- well, romantic love, I, th- I think actually, I'm, I, I, I'm not exactly sure but romantic love I think was designed I can't remember what century but maybe 200 years ago in order um, to facilitate sort of marriage and things so that the idea that a man would um, protect you and, and all those different things it was ver- I can't remember where I read it but it's I think this thing about romantic love has been perpetuated through movies and books and, constantly and our whole lifetime yeah it, it, it's 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 almost as if there's this one person that's going to fulfill your every single need. And that is just so false. And yet we buy into that. I certainly bought into that, that, that story. Well, it's <laughs> in just my so inundated marriage, in know. us. I just think it's in every yeah. song and every yeah. movie growing up. It's just the message yeah. is constant. Absolutely. And, I, but I also think that there's a part of us, like when we, you know, this, I don't, this is one thing I do not like is the phrase we fall in love because if you fall in love, you fall out of love. And it, it really, almost says that we're powerless in that choice. Whereas I believe that love is a choice. I believe we can choose and we have to choose to show up and love our partners, even when they're doing the things that really irritate and annoy us, because that's loving unconditionally is loving every aspect of someone, even when you don't like an aspect of someone, that's a different thing or choosing to still love them, even though you see those aspects in them. So I think this false perception of love, this romanticized perception of love is, is very much about, well, we love the person um, when they're doing the things we want them to do, <laughs> you know, when they're, when they're filling the picture. Do you think also with divorce that with, with that space for you to do your own work, discover yourself, rediscover yourself, that that has allowed you 
a different love towards yourself, which allows you to give a different love towards another. Yeah. I mean, funny enough, in my second divorce, it was when I realized that I hadn't been loving my husband unconditionally and how I even despite the fact that he'd been cheating on me, that I still loved him and wanted to make things work. It made me realize, oh, my God, if I'm not loving him unconditionally, I can't love myself unconditionally. And how look how critical I am of myself and look how hard I am on myself. So it, may, it made me reassess the way not only what I loved him, but the way I loved myself. And I think, you know, don't, I think there's no illusion here. Just because you do lots of work on yourselves and you create an amazing relationship, third time lucky for me, whatever you want to call it, there's still work to be done in that relationship. The relationship is going to bring up your stuff. The difference is, I really think now, is I'm much more kinder, compassionate to myself and to my partner and say, well, okay, look, this is the work. What do we need to do? As opposed to, you know, taking that, creating that distance and falling into my own uh, sort of trauma bond or trauma pattern that you know people might know as attachment bonds or things and going aloof or all this sort of stuff. So now I have the awareness of that pattern that might get triggered or that's showing up and I can choose something different. And I think that's the beauty of working on yourself and, you know, relationships will bring up your stuff. Absolutely. Forever. <laughs> and with your current partner, clearly he had to do some work to, to meet you where you're at. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he's, and he's still a work in progress, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it is a, you know, we've just moved in together and, you know, living, moving, living with someone is different from, from dating them. And even though we've been together for four years, it's still a different experience. So we're learning those nuances of, of living together and the way that you have to show up. And, and the key is, is I think the key is to, is to make that commitment to yourself that you are going to show up for yourself and you're going to show up as a true reflection of your own value and worth. And you're going to see that in the other person and look to see that my pattern was always look for what's wrong and then run away, <laughs> you know? And in my second marriage, I didn't do that, but my partner ran away, <laughs> you know? So in the, in the third time round, I, like we're both here and we're committed to, to, to work and to work through and all those sort of things. And I think that that's the reality of life. The reality of love is, is that love is, is difficult and you've got to have difficult conversations. Um, and if you start changing the little pattern that you, the patterns that you've had in the past, then you'll start to get different results. But it's, it's always an inner job. The, the relationship you have with yourself is going to be reflected in your relationships with others. What I've really appreciated so far about our conversation is just how you share, how you've been really owning the part of you that wasn't at its best or wasn't, I'm going to find the words here, but, but you talked about not being the victim, you know, not pointing yeah. the finger. <clears throat> not continuing to say it's you, it's you, it's you. And I think that for me, has mm. been a turning point when it comes to relationships in general, is that where I can just own my own stuff from childhood, mm. et cetera. And by doing that, I have a lot more empathy and space to allow others to be where they're at and not take it personally and not have it trigger my, you know, insecurities or trigger old patterns, but just you know, like, you're working through your thing. I'm working through mine. Let's have empathy for each other. Let's learn Mm. more about each other. Where's that space for understanding versus blaming versus being so black and white. I think we could get really black and white around love. It's either Mm. this or it's that. You're either in or you're out. Yeah. 
And so, and so, you know, a lot of the work that I do with people and obviously the work I've been doing on myself over the last 30 years is, is recognizing when I'm stuck in my false identity around love. So, or in other words, all the conditioning that I absorbed in childhood and, you know, back or whatever, and recognizing that as an adult, as a 52 year old woman, I have the power and the choice to step into my adultness and relate from that space. And when I'm relating from my adultness, I have a very different conversation to the the younger part of me that gets triggered in relationship, the false part of me. And so that's really what I teach people how to do. And I and, and it's it's always an ongoing practice. It's always reminding myself and doing the things, whether it's meditation, grounding, uh, journaling, all the different things, checking in with my needs, checking in with my feelings, and knowing that I have the choice to either be in my power or to be disempowered. And when, um, and when you share all of that, my body just relaxes. I just feel so much ease around that. When when it comes to love mm-hmm. now, I mean, when you have that mindset, so much more freeing and liberating. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because you recognize we're, just, we're, 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 all, we're just all, you know, inside all of us is this little child that has somewhere, even if you had the most amazing parents, the bestest parents, you know, there will be at a time, maybe 5% where they just couldn't meet your needs or didn't know how to meet your needs or just missed your needs or whatever. And so those needs are the 5%, even if you, you know, if you were that situation that are going to be knocking on your door over and over and over. And it's up to us. This is the thing. We're so powerful and we forget. We, we don't so know. Powerful. We don't realize how powerful. Yeah, we are. And, and we are the creative force. And that creative force comes through us in the way we're thinking, we're feeling. And we get stuck in, in patterns of thinking and feeling that are not true or don't serve us or, or serve like our soul, but on the day-to-day living of life, don't appear to serve us. And so when we realize, you know, we have a choice, that's, that's when we can start to shift. Love 2.0. If you are ready to experience Love 2.0, <laughs> I want you to start following Maxine Clancy on Instagram. How can the listener find you? Um, I'm under the Divorce Detox Coach on Instagram. Um, so follow me there. And yeah, don't DM me. I'm always happy to have um, conversations in my DMs and have a chat about Love 2.0. Calling in the one. Calling in the one. Thank you so much, Maxine. This yep. has just filled my heart today. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Lots of love. Are you putting it out there and not even getting a nibble? No, I'm not talking about your love life. I'm talking about your social media marketing life. Let me introduce you to Susan Murphy, the humane marketer. Susan gives small businesses, authors, and podcasters like me a big presence on the internet. So stop doing it all by yourself and let the humane marketer bring the shine. Contact humanemarketer at gmail.com or visit www.thehumanemarketer.com and be memorable. Now back to the show. I am going to admit it. I just love me some Maxine Clancy. I could just talk to her for hours over a cup of tea, of course. I don't know about you, but I was taking notes today. And some takeaways that I wrote down were this. Love means difficult conversations. So true. Love is always an inner job. Yes, it sure is. Your relationship with yourself is always going to be reflected in others. 
Indeed, that is so correct. And relationships will bring up your stuff forever. Underlined. That is so the truth. I have learned that so much in the last year. What about you? What were your takeaways from that chat today? Well, I want you to DM me. I want you to let me know. And I want you to treat yourself to a little bit more Maxine Clancy today. And you will find all of her contact information in the show notes. Well, I sure hope that your heart is full over there talking about love 2.0. I know mine is. And that makes me want to share a tip to happiness with you. Say these tips to happiness. All right. You know how much I love talking about happiness. So much so that I have now created a free eight tips to happiness download, and you can find it on my website, divorcedandhappy.net. I know eight tips. Why do five when you can do eight? So visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net. And I want you to download some happy from me to you today and feel the love. Well, today's tip to happiness is I want you to stop expecting perfection from yourself and others when it comes to love and relationships. And I say this as a recovering good girl. I know that when I was younger and I can still catch myself doing this at times, I would audition for love by showing others how good I was and how sweet I was. I worked hard for love as a a girl. I really felt like I had to earn love. It wasn't just given to me. But now I know when I look back, that my pursuit of perfection really robbed me of my authentic self. And I have decided, and it's, I'm a work in progress, but I have decided since my divorce that my authentic self is pretty damn delicious and so worthy of love. And so is yours. You know, divorce can cause us to feel so unworthy of so many things, especially love. But I have found a lot more happiness when I can just own my own messiness and my moments. I mean, I have had quite a few moments since my divorce, but allowing others to see me in vulnerable spaces and stand in my power of imperfection, it has led to some deep, rich connections that I never experienced when I was younger because I was so afraid that people would would not accept the imperfect me, the imperfect Sadie. You don't have to prove yourself worthy of love. You just are worthy of love. And so am I. So let that, I want you to let that need to be perfect go. And I want you to relax into some love 2.0. I know that rhymed. That was fun for me. I know I'm feeling, I'm kind of feeling silly and and giddy. This, this conversation is just, it's bolstered my energy. Love 2.0. So delicious. Well, just like happiness, love is for everyone and you deserve a happy life after divorce and one that has so much love in it. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and be sure to subscribe, rate, and of course, review the podcast. And I want you to be part of this playful life after divorce community by following me on Instagram and Facebook at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Be sure to also visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net to download Sadie's eight tips to happiness. And you'll also find all of my podcast episodes on my website as well. If you found value in today's episode, or if you've been listening to the podcast for some time now, consider being an official sponsor. Just email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about this tasty opportunity. And speaking of tasty, you can also treat me to a cup of coffee. It's simple. Just visit buymeacoffee.com 
coffee.com backslash Sadie Marie, and you can buy me a cup or two online. And I thank you in advance for your support. Again, I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I look forward to connecting with you on the next spicy episode. Until then, be sure to treat yourself to some delicious act two fun.